0: End results are where it's at picture in your mind your desired end result and let the universe figure out the shortest quickest happiest way there jumbo fellow adventurers I'm Mike Dooley here to remind you once more that your thoughts become things and I'm gonna do it today by dropping another edition of a week's worth of spiritual tune-ups these were broadcasted live this week my answers to fellow adventurers questions about life dreams and happiness and each one took 5 10 or 15 minutes we've sewn them all together for your viewing and listening enjoyment sit back relax and enjoy jumbo fellow adventurers happy monday time for a spiritual tune-up Today's question, I think I might surprise you a little bit uh, with this answer, is vindication good motivation, jealousy, revenge? Mike, when meditation or visualizing, when meditating or visualizing on the best outcome, one of the outcomes that I often envision is the joy of feeling completely vindicated when someone has doubted me. I wonder what will give me the best end result trying to move past this desire or fully embracing it now to back up a little 101 on creative visualization end results are where it's at picture in your mind your desired end result and let the universe figure out the shortest quickest happiest way there so end results dreams desires goals Are the starting point, the beginning point, begin with the end in mind and prepare to be astounded as you show up, show up, show up. Really great question. Um, let me preface this by saying that any end result that is dependent on a specific person behaving or reacting in a specific way is a very slippery slope. Um, I, I deem it to be an end result that lands in the Bermuda Triangle of Manifestation. It is, is not where you want to be. But there's so much leeway and wiggle room in these sacred, hallowed jungles of time and space, given your divine lineage of God, by God, pure God, that if jealousy even, uh, revenge even, Um, Vindication, certainly, a milder form of both of those, those could work really, really well as uh, an end result. But it's it's a slippery slope, and what I would suggest in the answer that you suggested, Mike, should I move past this end result or should I fully embrace it? Neither one. It'll work, and if you can't get it out of your head, it'll probably be just fine obviously it's not your only end result you want to do something be something have something that will get this reaction so the do be have something is really what you're after but let me go back instead of moving past it like okay i'm just gonna force my way past this this lesser yearning to be vindicated uh, in front of somebody else's judgment Um, rather than that rather than forcing your way past it rather than fully fully embracing it because it's just not the fruit of life. Let me suggest that you take this opportunity to do some new introspection. Very often we can lose ourselves in relationships and very often we can lose ourselves in the, the rat race where we react to the world around us doing the shoulds, doing the hows, messing with the where's, the when's and the who's that we actually become desensitized. To what it is that thrills us to to the things that excite us to our real passions our real passions are sometimes many layers beneath all the other noise of micromanaging your life and pleasing your parents and impressing your partner and guiding your kids you lose track of who you are so some self-respect some some introspection some self-discovery is on tap when you feel this desire To prove yourself in the eyes of someone else who didn't didn't see you as you know that you are capable of being what is it you really love about life what is it you really love about yourself think back to those times uh, either long ago as a child or maybe even recently before you were entangled with these uh, these superficial thoughts what was it that would get you really excited in the morning like today you're going to the beach this weekend you're going to go camping um maybe it's going to snow uh maybe you've got a brand new book to start maybe you're going to catch up on um a a new season of friends uh it's okay whatever it is that gives you peace and calm and grounding those are the things you want And the more you're able to re-familiarize yourself with your own natural leanings and inclinations, some challenges, starting to write a book, launching that business, doing things for you because you see the adventure there, you know what the perils are, the odds are against you, but you're a divine creator. You know, this kind of stuff, even when there's fear attached to a goal, really riles us up and excites us and gets us going. That's who you really are. There is no greater vindication. There's no greater revenge. There's no better way to deal with jealousy than for you to be authentically happy. Just to be like, I don't care what anybody thinks. I'm so in love with life. I'm so happy I get to be me. I'm, I so love the things I love, the music I love, the movies I love, the books I love, the trails in the woods that I follow, my way of approaching puzzles and mysteries and and anything and everything. That's what makes you you. That's what's so precious. That's been there all along. Yet, understandably, in these primitive times, as a micromanager, we're distracted. We become desensitized. You get back on your horse. You start riding again, riding for the glory of riding, riding to be one with the the universe, letting that divine energy just pour through you, being ingenious in every step of your life, whether you're writing a business letter or a love letter, whether you're cleaning the toilets or sweeping the driveway. Golly, this is a fleeting opportunity that will not be yours for very much longer, even if you live 200 more years. I mean, it's like, look, right now, God wants to be you. You're God's first choice as an incarnation to this very day, go be you. And, and when others, you know who I'm talking about, see you radiant, see you in your glow, see you in love with yourself because you got regrounded. You did some self-reflecting. You found out what rode your boat and lit your fire. Oh my gosh, the world will be a path to your door. All of those folks who didn't see what was there before will suddenly see it but who cares about them they're on their own trail it's about them they made missteps they had poor judgment they were so busy micromanaging their own life that they passed judgment on you and they couldn't even see but a fraction of you that's all that they could see don't 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 even hold a grudge you can go buy them a cup of coffee one day They're going to cry on your shoulder, but if you want to do that, you can do that. Celebrate who you are. Get back into who you are. It's going to take effort. It's going to take effort. Like, what do you really like? Can you give yourself a a three-day weekend coming up? Can you you blow off Wednesday afternoon? Just put it down as vacation time. Let it be incremental. Uh, Take care of yourself. And suddenly within you will rise up. Old desires and new passions and new interests. And you're going to be in love with life and in love with yourself. And so will everyone else. Jumbo, fellow adventurers, it's Mike Dooley. Time for a spiritual tune-up where in a number of ways and word choices, I'm here to remind you that your thoughts become things, the things and events of your life. Thanks for the great questions you post every day on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, Today's question goes right to the heart of the matter when it comes to living deliberately, creating consciously, having the best 2022 possible. Mike, what is the one thing, the one thing that makes the biggest difference? If you could define one thing, idea, concept, action, Mike, that best supports manifestation, what would it be? Now there's probably a lot of one things that could make all the difference, but at the very, very, very core of it, the very essence of it, um, there is this idea that has been put into words by someone else, uh, a dear friend of mine, Sarah Landon, uh, better than I've been able to put it into words. In life, you do not get more of what you need. In life, you do not get necessarily what you want. You get more of what you are. That one idea includes all other ideas. You don't get what you want, you don't get what you need, you get more of what you are. Now, what is that saying? We live on the plane of manifestation. We are these God particles, beings of light. Our thoughts become things. Our words give us wings. It's all the vibration that you are creating. And if your vibration is of abundance, and I'll tell you how to get there, then you will experience abundance. If your vibration is of hostility and defense and preparing to be assaulted, then that's exactly what you're going to get. If your vibration is peace, harmony, love, bliss, ecstasy, play, adventure, then that is what you get. This is the end all, the be all. It is everything. This is what's going on in these hallowed, sacred jungles of time and space where, as I love to quote the universe, there is you and more you everything is you okay in your universe in your creation in the day that you live today it's you and more you and me it's just me and more me now in some unimaginable way our realities through a matrix all blend together and there are coordinate points and subtleties that we agree on significantly that our thoughts become things that we get what we think about. We bring about what we think about. And that is the one immovable pillar, your ticket to these sacred jungles of time and space. Whatever you are here, you get there, whatever. And the degree to which this is true is mind boggling. But here is the saving grace. This is the coup de grace. This is the holy grail, literally the holy grail, grail this is the truth that will set you free even though you are simultaneously in ways unimaginable creating and observing simultaneously creating and observing since you are source and in ways that i I can't explain there is this nanosecond if you will where you could interrupt the pattern because really, if you are what, you experience what you are, I mean, in a way, it would be static. It would be unchanging. I am here, and this is what I get. And what I get makes me here. And being here makes me get this. And so so what would change? In ways I can't fathom, we have the ability to introduce a pattern interrupt into this streaming manifesting and nonstop observing where we are all just seeing extended versions of ourselves, we have been blessed with the ability of a pattern interrupt. It rides in on stallions called free will. You have the ability, no matter what's happening in your life, no matter what anguish, no matter what grief, no matter what joy, to interrupt that pattern and insert a new thought. And that new thought, Maybe suffocated out and you'll go back to where you were, or that new thought backed by intention, repeated words dressed up as affirmations, demonstrations, physical baby steps. That little teeny pattern interrupt will multiply and expand and multiply and expand and multiply and expand until it literally shows up in the physical world how through so-called serendipities through so-called coincidence through so-called accidents your new thoughts that we all have the ability to think of create probabilities and our probabilities are overlaid with other people's probabilities and given that we are all of god by god pure god generally probabilities that are fulfilling and joyful and healthy. They have the most energy from the beginning because they're going with the truth. So you're thinking all kinds of thoughts, great thoughts, happy thoughts, spooky thoughts, scary thoughts, ugly thoughts, disgusting thoughts. But it's the beautiful, empowering, joyful ones that immediately begin accumulating not only your energy, but you put a thought out there, somebody else is going to compliment that not consciously, but this is how it happens. And the more positive, good, loving thoughts you put out there, the quicker those turn into this tsunami of joy and good fortune. And you won't believe what happened and you won't believe who I met and you won't believe this new idea. And suddenly my business has taken off and suddenly my love life is on fire. And suddenly I have all these things that I wanted. And it becomes this, this momentum takes over. It's called an upward spiral. They don't get a whole lot of attention. The downward spirals get a lot of attention because of the gore and the fear, and oh my God, it could happen to anybody. It almost happens to nobody in a permanent kind of way. Upward spirals are a daily occurrence You are poised and primed for the absolute best of your life. You can do a pattern interrupt. And this is where all of my work and so many other people's work comes into the, the equation. Vision boards, creative visualization, affirmations, baby steps, acts of faith, all the things that I teach about in my 17 books, in all the notes from the universe, they're all about pattern interrupts. That's not very warm and uh, cozy, is it? Pattern interrupts. It's just you you and your imagination and your thoughts become things. So while you only get more of what you already are, that's the way life unfolds. You just get more of what you are. You can change easily and effortlessly what you are by changing what your thoughts are. You can think about vindication like yesterday and hey, that'll work sometimes. Or you can think about joy and ecstasy, the sublime nature of reality, unraveling mysteries, harnessing source energy, walking on water, turning water into orange juice. Uh, living the life of your dreams, it's all here waiting for you because you have the power of the gods. You are God Almighty come alive in the dream of life here for the adventure of it, for the challenge of it, because you knew it would not be easy, but that would make it worthwhile. And you knew that you could get to the top of that hill. Nothing's better than getting there than having been lost first. Once you're lost and you don't know if it's ever going to happen, when it happens, hallelujah, sweet glory, it was worth it. And you can have it now this is the beginning of a new year choose your thoughts wisely die to the illusions around you that's a metaphorical thing okay don't give them so much credit they're just showing up because of what you radiated last week last month and don't assume because something is scary that it's a bad thing it might be your invitation for the fast track so it's all here to serve you it's a setup for greatness you wouldn't have played if you couldn't have won You're already in the process of winning. You have more health and sickness, wealth and poverty, friends than loneliness, confidence than confusion. You're killing it! And you're going to keep on killing it. Jumbo, fellow adventurers, I'm Mike Dooley. Time for a spiritual tune-up. Thoughts become things. Happy New Year. Great questions today. A couple of people have asked very, very similar questions about taking a job you hate? Specifically, Mike, should I temporarily take a job that I know will make me unhappy and cause me stress so that I'm at least able to earn income or not take the job and have no money coming in but not be as stressed out? Uh, Really great question. By the way, thank you all for the great questions you're asking. Post them today. Uh, on Facebook or Instagram, and they could be my talking point tomorrow. To get to the answer of this question, should I take a job I hate? Um, Should I temporarily take a job I hate? Look, all jobs are temporary. I'm gonna take this answer to a a yes, uh, given that presumably you don't have any other choices, uh, and the alternative is to sit around and wait. Or to sit around and fill out more job applications, online or otherwise, uh, and and kind of deny yourself life. One of the things I've learned early on in my adulthood, is, uh, a long time ago, was uh, when you don't know what to do next, but you're at least doing something, keep doing what you're doing, but do it better. It all boils down to perspective. Actually, no job sucks. It's how you view that job that sucks. And if you're a person who kind of you know, views it in such a way that you decide that it's limiting you and the people don't appreciate you, uh, you're going to be miserable. You know that. You don't want to go in that place again. But you can change how you view it. You can see the service you're providing. You can recognize that this is your dance with life. You're probably going to spend more time Uh, with people you work with and people you love. And that's not all bad because now you're out in the world discovering what you're good at. You're out in the world with an opportunity for creative service. You're out in the world exchanging your energy for the flow of goods and money and ideas. And when you keep doing what you're doing, but you vow to do it better, that doesn't mean you have to start loving it, but do it better. Life lifts you higher. Life comes along and gives you a promotion. Life comes along and changes that job that you hated into something that you love. I started out writing notes from the universe. I started out selling t-shirts on a sidewalk. I started out as a certified public accountant that led to selling t-shirts on a sidewalk that led to writing those t-shirts that led to notes from the universe, that led to world tours, that led to New York Times bestsellers and 17 other books. It's like the life of my wildest dreams on sucky dirt paths. It's the dirt path that leads to the diamond mine. Do not take a job you hate. If the perspective is, I'm gonna settle for less. This is the best that the universe could provide. I must be self-sabotaging. Not with that attitude. Take the job you hate to master it, to find out how you can enjoy it. People see that stuff. You know, the person who hates their job, they think nobody knows. They think they're the only one who knows that they're putting on this brave, steely front. Nobody knows how much they loathe their job. Here's the here's the news bulletin. Everyone knows who you are. Everyone. Even the UPS driver who shows up twice a month knows who that person is who hates their job. You can't hide something like that. And no one wants to go near you with a 10-foot pole. Of course, you're the first one to be laid off. Of course, you're the first one to be disrespected. You hate your job and everybody knows it. Now, if you hate your job, but you... Commit to doing it better. You commit to show up five minutes before clock time, before you clock in. You commit to stay five minutes later. You commit to do an amazing job making those photocopies. You commit to greeting morons at the front door. You commit to making the absolute best of it and seeing God behind the eyes of everyone you stare in their face. You're not committing to love it. No, you don't have to love it. You can hate it but at least you show up fully present, alive, aware, ready to be of service. Everyone knows who you are. Everyone wants some of that. Everyone's gonna to talk to you a little bit longer. You're gonna get the raise, you're gonna get the bonus, you're gonna get the lateral promotion, you're gonna get the horizontal promotion, you're gonna get the person who comes in and ordered Chicken McNuggets from you, so impressed by your attitude, they offer you a job as the personal assistant down the road at the construction site, 10 years later, you're running the joint. Everyone knows what's going on. There's no secrets in the jungles of time and space. It's okay to hate your job. See it as temporary. See it as a stepping stone to something else. And while you're there, make hay, play music, dance life's dance, discover what you're good at, discover what you want to avoid. I remember when I was hired at Price Waterhouse, I hated my job. Everybody hates their entry level job, especially first job out of school. I was at a photocopy machine uh, on uh, litigation support eight hours a day for two months making unending photocopies. And I did a bad job. <laughs> I was terrible. I hated my job. But those out of everybody who started, everybody hated their job. Fair to say, you know, to one degree or another, this was not their dream. But those who mastered what was in front of them, within six months, they got a performance evaluation. Within a year or two, they got a promotion. They no longer ever had to do that. Life lifts you free. And like I said, it's either your promotion, it's either vertical, it's lateral, it's horizontal, or somebody hires you away. Whereas the person who just hates their job and pretends to like it, does a terrible job and and everybody knows it. And they're the first one to get let go or they're the first one to not be promoted. They're the first one to be demoted into the, you know, cleaning the bathrooms. So master what's in front of you and you will free yourself from it. Now, I'm not encouraging everybody to go out and get jobs they hate. But if that's the only option you have, it's temporary like you said. Make the best of it. Show up, shine. Find a way to appreciate that you have something to do. And then there's the office parties. You know, then there's the free pens. Then there's the uh, uh, you know, all the other stuff. There's lunches. There's maybe a new best friend. Maybe you'll meet Romeo. And then you can ditch the job and you'll be forever grateful that you you went there because it got you out in the world where your dreams were pressing to you, circumstances and serendipities and things got better and better and better. Do you see the point I'm making? Almost anything is better than sitting at home waiting for something better. Okay, take the best that you can get. Uh, Go for the job you love. But until you have that opportunity, keep doing what you're doing, as long as you're out in the world and do it better, and life will give you a promotion. It never fails. This is the the power of gratitude. This is the power of appreciation. This is the power of having raised vibrations. You get more of what you are. Jumbo, fellow adventurers, it's Mike Dooley here with another spiritual tune-up. This week, the theme seems to be blending metaphysics with the physical world, which is the name of the game of life in these sacred jungles of time and space. The great question I got uh, overnight was uh, in context here. Mike, I'm 75 years old and can't physically work a normal job. So I am creating a business online. It's going slowly and i have only a certain amount of savings i work diligently at it and i see its potential yet there is little income now i know whether or not you're 75 talking to the general public right now there is a lot in this question that applies to everybody okay decided to work online it's going a little bit slowly what else should i be focusing on anything else Mike, I see its potential, yet there is little income. I can stay in my visualizations and often enjoy with my wish, but then get hit by anxiety. How do I deal with the anxiety? How do I balance the pursuit of my dreams with this single track that I'm focusing on? So the bigger question is when to focus on only one thing when to focus please on only one thing that's easy when you're doing that one thing whatever is in front of you let it have virtually all perhaps a hundred percent of your attention be there in the present moment this is this is the Answer to joy, peace, happiness, and faster manifestations. Be present. Don't be cooking dinner and thinking about tomorrow's schedule and arguing with your partner, or I mean, don't be doing an online business and then be uh, looking to see the classified ads to see who's hiring. Don't scatter your energy every day, throughout every day. And this is almost always possible with a few little exceptions when you've got to um, you know, spin a number of plates and, and see what's coming up on your schedule and look at your daily planner. Uh, apart from that, be in the moment, a thousand percent. As I said yesterday with the job you might hate, be there fully. You don't have to love it, but be there fully while you're there. And then if something else comes along or you're you know, riding the bus on the way home, go for it. But while you're there, be there. Everyone knows who's there and everyone knows who's not there. However, here's the big, big, big twist in my answer. So while you're doing your online business, be there and only be there. While you're doing it at your desk, at your computer, with your spreadsheets, what have you. But when it comes to formulating your life, And there is these times, these interludes, when you can pattern interrupt, change the picture in your mind, as we've been speaking of this week. In those moments, as you're calculating what other sticks you're going to put in the fire, never, never, never be all about one thing. Never be all about one thing, unless it's the one thing you're choosing to focus on right now, then be there. But when it comes to a life strategy, when it comes to knocking on doors, turning over stones, giving divine intelligence the opportunity to reach you through serendipities, coincidences, and happy accidents, never let there only be one avenue. The more avenues you create, I'll give you examples in a second, the more opportunity divine intelligence has to reach you exponentially. So in this case, a person with uh, a vision of starting an online company, there's a lot of different online companies. There's a lot of ways to be an entrepreneur online, and there's actually a lot of ways to make an income online income because this person is concerned about income, um, where you could actually work for other people online. Let all these doors be doors you knock on. Consider all of your options, And as I like to say, narrow it down to the top three, four, or five least sucky. Or if you have four or five great ones, then do the great ones. But sometimes like, I'm not sure what I want to do. And this is kind of it. And that's kind of it. And oh, this is a a long learning curve. Let there be a lot of sticks in the fire. Insist on none. Otherwise, you are messing with the cursed house you're saying this pathway, this business, this book I'm writing will be the ticket to me living happily ever after. When you insist or attach to a how, you exclude all other ways the universe could have reached you. There's no longer room for or better, because you're insisting and attaching, this is how it will be done. I'm going to start an affiliate business. I'm going to start an influencer business. I'm going to write a book about my childhood. I'm going to, And this is going to be the way where everything comes together and my life takes off. Way too much pressure on you. And you severely limit the universe's ability to reach you if you're only on a single path. So, so here's the, here's the, uh, another handle on what might seem complicated at first, but it's super simple. Let your vision, oh, in this case from the questioner, 75, not physically able to work a normal job, has a, a vision of doing something online. The vision for this person is to be self-sustaining, uh, perhaps wealthy and affluent, uh, run working online. Now that is so broad brush the way I just stated it. You're leaving lots of room for the universe to, to, to blow your mind. You could be summoned as a business partner for somebody else. You could be a consultant to somebody else. You could be an employee to somebody else, or you could call the shots and be your own employer on the internet. All of those are options. a self-sustaining, affluent, wealthy, uh, work online, a worker online or something. You can frame it more poetically than I just did. Now you've left all avenues open that you can attach to that you can insist on because there's infinite ways that that could come to pass without you saying it's going to be my influencer business. Hey, it might be your influencer business. I'm not saying take anything off the table. I'm saying leave everything on the table, including your best ideas for what it might be for you. So attach to the big picture, to the vision, I'm going to be a, a wealthy entrepreneur, online entrepreneur, or even broader, I'm going to be, I'm going to make a fortune on the internet. I'm going to make a fortune on the internet. That's so broad you can do it. And then you can knock on this door, knock on that door, knock on your influencer business door. You can try to become an affiliate company. You can be a consultant. You can use your old school skills, human resources, sales, marketing, and bring it online. There's so many possibilities, but attached to none of those paths, except on the day in the hour that you're working on brushing up your old school human resources skills, then be there entirely focused your heart and soul for the the 20 minutes or for the seven hours that day that you're on that path. Be there entirely when to focus on only one thing when you're doing that one thing and no other times. Okay, Let there be these interludes where you strategize your life, where you create the pattern interrupts that we've been talking about this week, and then knock on a lot of doors, turn over a lot of stones, always prepared to do something you hadn't even considered. Let one path lead to another path, lead to another path. As I said yesterday, it's the dirt path that leads to the diamond mind, but you ain't getting to the diamond mind unless you start out on the dirt path. So, that you are doing this questioner and you've got an internet business that you're pursuing, more power to you. But how else online with your skill set and your current present day interest levels? What else can you be trying simultaneously? Not in the same moment, but you know, two hours today, you're gonna to work on this. Two hours today, you're going to look for a job online. And in two hours, you're going to be plotting and strategizing how you can bring old school skills into the new world. Jumbo fellow adventurers and happy Friday. It's Mike Dooley. Time for a spiritual tune-up. Right now, having cancer. Mike, I just received news that I have breast cancer again they caught it early and i'm in such a great position to bounce back love that spunky attitude i know this isn't happening to me it is happening for me you've got the answers you're doing good yet the human emotions sneak in it also doesn't help when your loved ones want to help but their vision of helping is you taking care of them emotionally seeking another perspective on this. Well, it sounds like you've got a really good handle on it, a big hug to you. Um, Wow, a second time, what a trooper. You're, You're ready to go, you're ready to learn and this is what's being asked of you. As wonky as this may sound, every sickness, illness or global pandemic, is the beginning and the evidence of a great healing. A healing that could have come about in no other way than the sickness, which is your invitation, which is our invitation to self-reflect and ask the big question, what am I missing? What am I not seeing? How am I allowing my priorities to blind me to something that's simmering right in front of me that desperately needs my attention. Sometimes it's better to receive these seeming ultimatums from life, like uh, cancer. It's like, look, we're gonna figure this out or else. And isn't that better when you're so capable of figuring it out, particularly with your attitude, than having confusion, uh, short-sightedness, blind uh, indefinitely, and not even knowing that you're not even as amazing as you could be. In a way, life gives us these ultimatums. I mean, of course, it's all playing out inside of the heart of God. There is no ultimatum. There's always another workaround. There's a shortcut. There's a lot of wiggle room. But but it feels like an ultimatum when you've got a, a diagnosis such as yours um, to either, we're going to figure this out, dear buddy, uh, this is your higher self talking to you or we're going to take a serious time out, you know, and whether that's, you know, whatever that could be. And and so it's time to celebrate. I will never forget uh, a sickness I had in my mid 20s. I had just moved to Boston, Ma- Boston, Massachusetts. I was working for Pricewaterhouse. I wanted to soar. And my approach to doing that is to work my brains out to a point of being in a frenzy every day. I used to run to the photocopy machine in the office because I had so many things I wanted to do and do well. I didn't have time to make stupid photocopies. I would run through the office to do stuff. And my internal physical core was just tied in knots and I was either nauseous or acid reflux or indigestion and I just felt awful all the time and I heard on the radio this guy who was channeling this is back in the 80s this guy was channeling I knew about channeling because of Ramtha and Seth uh, and and you could call in and get a free not a free I had to pay uh, get a reading and I called in and I said, look, I'm sick. I, I'm, I don't know what's wrong. I'm, I'm tearing myself up. I wasn't even aware of my insane uh, workload pressure modus operandi. I just knew that from morning till night, I was sick in my being. And they came through and this really incredible accent, often is the case of channels, and they're like, your body's not sick. We have done a thorough review. Your body is absolutely sick tops. And I remember thinking, did you not hear a word I said? There is nothing right about what's going on here. And they said, they said, we heard you clearly. You don't understand that the way a perfectly healthy body responds to confusion, misunderstanding, which is what stress is a function of is to give you indigestion, nausea, and your body is perfectly, in the in the healthiest of ways, showing you that there's something that needs re-examining. And I'm telling you, your body, with its cancer, is a beautifully magical, perfect response to you missing something. And I almost Now now we're going to take this to another level and please allow me, indulge me. I don't know anything about you other than this question. So there's so much I'm missing, but I almost left off the second part of your question about really your, your needy friends. Let's call it what it is. Your needy friends at this time in your life, when anybody else would be having a total meltdown, your needy friends need you to take care of them emotionally for what you're going through. You brought that up. I almost left that off because let's just talk about how our body signals the beginning of health and the invitation to self-reflect. To self and you can so self-reflect and you will get this. Uh, hang in there. Um, but I thought, let's leave that tangent in there. There's something going on so great in your life that at this crossroads uh, that that seems like life or death, you had the wherewithal and the ability to bring to the equation your needy friends. And, And there is nothing wrong with recognizing how much they need you, which is a beautiful thing. You are a pillar in their life. They chose this lifetime in part to be with you. They have less control of your cancer than you do. They're in a really bad place. As the pillar of light you are. Maybe, maybe let them need you and let this not be an issue. I went to my handy-dandy Louise Hay, You Can Heal Your Life book, and you probably have already done this, but this is Louise Hay's take on a common cause of cancer, whatever the cancer may be. This is not necessarily your cause, but you're up for some self-reflection, introspection, or you wouldn't ask me this question. And so let's go there really quickly, really quickly. Cancer, common cause, deep hurt from other people, of course. Long-standing resentment. Deep secret or grief, eating away at the self. Carrying hatreds. Feeling, what's the use? Now, if you read into these, and you ought to, and see them from the different angles that we're capable of seeing these, there's probably like eleven different causes within those few words: the hatred, the angle, the the angle of hatred, the resentment. Um, what's the use? Totally different, and none of these may apply to you. None of them. But you brought up your friends and and the burden that they have placed on you. Is that resentment? Please forgive me, but you want tough love. And I'm just saying, hey, maybe because you're at this crossroads where it's worth looking at absolutely everything. Um, I don't know the cause other than there is confusion and there ain't no shame in that. These are primitive times in the jungles of time and space. I'm a confused guy. I misunderstand stuff. I have my own physical ailments that I am reading Louise Hay and doing some self-reflecting on. I am by no means um, nearly complete to where I need to be going, but it it absolutely positively is an invitation, your cancer, to self-reflect even further to go even deeper, uh, to love even greater, to forgive, to allow, to empathize. Wow, okay, that's a lot, that's an awful lot. But you gave me this beautiful gift of being able to speak on something, and uh, and I'm inspired by your spunky attitude. Cancer a second time, and you're totally raring to go. You totally got this. You're never given anything that you can't handle. I know that that sounds like, oh, you know, wouldn't that be nice? Um, no, we just bring stuff about upon us. You said it. This is happening for you. And there is no fear and no dream that you aren't the greater of because you are the creator of both. So if you can create and allow there to be confusion, bringing about cancer as a yellow flag on the play, you are so poised to go in, within, and see these things. Be inspired by stories like um, uh, 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 Anita Morjani, Dying to be Me, um, where the cancer and the tumors uh, were just riddled and laced and shut down mode, and then a virtual spontaneous remission based on clarity received here. You totally got it. You got it before, you're going to get it again and everybody, everybody and anybody out there, whatever you're going through, challenging, it is the beginning of a healing, taking you to a better place than you have ever been than you have ever been before. A place you didn't even know could exist because of the earlier confusion which is about to be dispelled. You got this. Well, there you have it. One more week's worth of spiritual tune-ups. Thanks for tuning in. If you enjoyed what you just saw or heard, please share with a friend, Uh, thumbs up, like, follow, whatever may be the case on the platform you're now experiencing this. If you want more inspiration, every single day I send out A note from the universe. Right now it's going out to a million people. We'd love to add you to that list. Enjoy. Thoughts become things. See you next time.